You may be seated.
Let's all stand, page 76. Jesus spoke to me one day, praise his holy name. Said that my debt for my sin and shame. any tithes and offerings, you can bring them at this time. announcement of course after service tonight we're having our chili cook off over the fellowship hall we're going to see if joe wins tonight amen amen <laughs> but uh one quick announcement is next sunday night we're going to have youth night
And I uh, want you to be praying for our young people that God would be with them all. Uh, Brother Carter is going to be bringing the message, so especially pray for him. I'm looking forward to what the Lord will do. Thank 
Dottie Rambo years ago and how she could uh, phrase stuff in a song and make you think a little bit deeper about what the Lord's done for you. You get to thinking about it, that one earthly reason that he did all that he did was for you. I'm glad it's that personal. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 4 tonight. I've had something stirred on my heart for quite some time and, and uh, got along with the Lord and, and uh, he developed these thoughts within my heart and want to bring them to you tonight. And I pray that it'd be a blessing and a, and a challenge to all of us in this new year, 2023. As I said this morning, I want to finish 2023 wide open for Jesus. And uh, I pray that that's your heart also, that you have that beating on the inside of your life and your heart. And, and pray that we'll all have that as a reality by the end of this year. This could be the year that Jesus comes. And I want to be found faithful when he does come. Let's all stand to honor the reading of God's Word, just a few verses to read. And I'm interested just in one particular part of this, and I'll give you the title in just a minute. Paul writing to Timothy says these words in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, beginning in verse number 13. Watch, how he, watch what he says. He says, Till I come. Paul was in prison but he was expecting to get out and be able to go see Timothy. He said, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He's not talking about saving himself spiritually, but saving himself in the things of doctrine. Save us from error, save us from false doctrine. He said, Those that are, will hear you preach, You'll save them through false doctrine if you'll give yourselves to, to true doctrine. I want to draw your attention back tonight to verse number 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. I want to read that again for emphasis and pray that God would just drive that in every one of our hearts tonight. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. I want to take that thought and bring a message tonight. I want to just simply entitle, Neglected Gifts. And I want to ask Brother Tim Mitchell to open us in prayer tonight.
Amen. You be seated tonight. <clears throat> After morning service, while I was preaching, I guess I got a little allergy thing going on. While I was preaching, I had to ask Brady to go get me a refreshment of water. Right after morning service, Wyatt came up to me and he said, Brother John, and he grabbed me by the leg. He said, I love you so much. And he just held on to my leg and, and uh, I reached down and hugged him. He said, I want to ask you something. I said, what's that, Wyatt? He said, next time you need water, would you ask me to go get it? He said, I want to I do that. So, Wyatt, I need more water tonight. Wyatt, I need more water. What a servant. Amen. He'll get a prophet's reward for doing that. Don't drink out of it now, Wyatt. <laughs> Neglect not the gift. That is in thee. I read some time back. I read a. It was actually a devotional. And in reading it. It spoke to my heart. And it was a, a thought along these lines. And in that devotion. He made the comment that. More and more people are giving gift cards as gifts now. It's just an easy thing to do. And I have to admit. I love getting a gift card, especially when it's like the Home Depot, Bass Pro, somewhere like that, you know, amen and amen. But gift cards are an easy way to buy something for somebody and give it to them as a gift, whatever the occasion may be. But the article went on to say that one of the surprising things about gift cards is how often people fail to use the cards they were received. The Journal of State Taxation reported that the average America home has $300 in unused gift cards in the home. Now, if you're one of those, if you want to get rid of them, I will take them. Amen. Thank you, Wyatt. Come here. Come here. Come here. I need a hug. Thank you, buddy. Amen. Amen. It said the average American home had $300 worth of gift cards that they just simply don't use. They, uh, often a gift card is not just simply delayed in use, it just is neglected. We just forget that we have them, we forget that it's there, and we don't utilize the gift given us. One estimate revealed that between 2005-2011, that $41 billion in gift cards were unused. That represents a lot of gifts that were available, but they were not used. Paul is writing to Timothy in his first of two letters written to him. Paul is in prison. These are known as his prison epistles. He's, the matter of fact, 2 Timothy is the last epistle that Paul is going to write. And he addresses both of these Last epistles to this man by the name of Timothy. He has personally led Timothy to the Lord. He's, he's a son in the faith to Paul. And he's given him some words of wisdom, some things that he's challenging Timothy in. And he says, there's some things that you need to give attendance to. He said, you need to give attendance to reading. 
It's a good thing to read and it exercises our mind. Our minds needed, need that exercise and reading is a good habit in life. But he says, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, encouraging other people and to doctrine. He said, doctrine is important in your life, Timothy. You need to attend to these things. Then he tells him, and this is what just really got me, was he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee. And just that thought of neglected gifts arrested my heart and by the Holy Ghost, and, and I realized that there was something in there, not just for me, but for all of us as God's people. A neglected gift. I want to preach just for a little while along that thought tonight and, and pray that it will challenge all of our hearts in a better way tonight. I want to first talk about the sadness of neglect. Neglect is a very sad thing. How many of you have ever experienced someone neglecting you? We all have. We've, we've experienced it. Maybe it was in our early years, maybe in, in our older years. But some ones that we really admired, we maybe were around them or were around them constantly and they just seemed to neglect us. Neglect is a very sad thing to, for it to happen to you. Neglect is defined like this. To show no regard for. It's also defined with these words. To make light of. To be careless with. That's what neglect is. It said another definition of neglect is to show no interest in whatsoever. Webster's 1828 dictionary defines neglect this way. To omit by carelessness or design. To forbear to do, to use or employ or promote. Or attend to duty or thing, including people. Neglect. Neglect is a sad thing to experience, but on the other hand, all of us are guilty of neglecting someone else. There may be someone in your life that every time you see them, you just kind of try to walk the other way. And we're neglecting them. And, and it's just, a, just a, a course of life. That not only have we experienced personally, but we are also guilty of committing neglect against someone else. We're presently studying through the book of Acts on Wednesday night. And we got to chapter 6. And in chapter 6, the church was flourishing up under the, the blessings of God. The church was growing by leaps and bounds. I mean, it was just almost to the point of out of hand, but not out of God's hand. Problem arose in the church, and this was the problem. The widow, the Grecian widows were neglected in the daily ministration of the church. And it created a problem. And they settled the problem by ordaining seven men to tend to that business. And they kept on growing, kept on going for the glory of God. But the problem was neglect. There's a sad thought when you think about neglect. Maybe a wife or a husband here tonight. Maybe you have felt neglect from your spouse. 
Maybe you felt neglect from your children or maybe uh, someone else in the family or maybe some close friend, but we're all touched by this thing called neglect and it is a, a sad thing to experience. But I want to go into the spiritual thought of neglect tonight. The real dilemma of this neglect that Paul is addressing is the potential thing that could have been a, a reality in Timothy's life. And he's warning him, he's cautioning him, he's setting, he's setting Timothy on the edge. And he says, Timothy, there's something you need to really get a hold of in your life to not neglect the gift that is in thee. And he's talking about a spiritual gift. I want to I say this before we go any further tonight, that it's, it's, a, it's, it's tragic when someone neglects salvation. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And it is a tragic thing for a lost person just to simply neglect salvation, to to look at it, to know that it's a need in their lives, but yet just to ignore it, to neglect it, to say, well, maybe some other time. And they just, they just set, they set salvation on a shelf, if you will, in their life. I'm reminded of King Agrippa when Paul was witnessing, had the opportunity to witness to that great king. And, and Agrippa looked at Paul and he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He's just neglecting the greatest thing that could ever be given anybody, salvation. But may I say this, not only do lost people neglect salvation, at times God's people neglect salvation. We forget of what salvation is all about. We forget about what God actually did for us when he saved us. He gave us a, a gift, a gift. It's something given to us and sometimes we're guilty of just simply neglecting the salvation that God has given us. Some people live as though they've never been saved at times. We're living in a generation that is guilty of that. They're saved. They say they're saved. But they live like the world and anybody else in it. They just simply neglect the gift that God, they say, has given them. It's a sad thing. It's, a, it's an awful thing for someone to be washed in the blood. Their name to be on heaven's roll. To be forgiven of all their sins. To have eternal life dwelling in them. To be, have the Holy Ghost on the inside. And they just simply neglect the salvation that God has gifted them with. Sad thing. There's a verse of scripture that at times just, it's, it's almost like a haunting. That When I think about it, when I read it, when I come across it in my personal reading time, I want you to listen to these words that Paul wrote. He said, brethren, this is in the book of Philippians chapter number three. He said, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have, have us for an ensample. Now listen to this. 
For many walk, of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Oh my word, I, I can't even imagine somebody living their lives to the extent where, where God would say about them that they're an enemy of the cross of Christ. Saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, everything, everything at their disposal as any other child of God. And yet they walk as an enemy of the cross of Christ. There's a dilemma in our age, in this last days that we're living out, of children of God living it after that manner. Are you saved? Oh, yes, I'm saved. You go to church anywhere? No, I just, um, I'm not into that. Or maybe you hear, well, I got hurt one time, and they talk about something that happened in, in 1832. And you ask them what it was, and they can't even remember what it was. Sad. It's, it's sad to neglect, to neglect especially the spiritual things that Christ has given us. I want to show you some signs of neglect tonight. Before I get into those signs, I want, I want to say this, that for every child of God, it is God's desire and design to work in your life. He wants to make something out of your life. He wants to make something out of my life. Something that would have not been possible or even uh, thought of in my life unless I'd gotten saved. I mean, I was on my way to hell. I was a, I was a sinner and I had, you could have had papers drawn up on me with a plaque on the wall. Sinner extraordinaire doctor in, in sin. But God saved me and went to work in my life. And he's still working on me. I'm not what I used to be, but thank God, thank God. Thank God I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not all that I'm going to be because he's working in all of our lives to make us just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> God's desire and design is to work in every child of God's life and make something out of their lives. The book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 says it like this. Wherefore my beloved as you've always obeyed not in my presence only but now much more in my absence. He said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Why is he telling us to work out? He's not telling us to work to get saved. He goes on to say for it is God. It is God which worketh in you both to will and do of His good pleasure. He said, what God is working in, make sure it gets worked out of your life. What is that work that He works in us? Making us more like Jesus Christ. <laughs> he says that we're predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what He's working in all of us. And He gifts all of us with certain gifts that He wants employed. He wants to be used within the body of Christ. What are some signs of 
a neglected gift. Well, let me say this, that a Christian that has, that bears no fruit for Christ, that's a sign that they have neglected the gift God's given them. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, Jesus said these words, He said, I'm the true vine. And he said, my father is the husbandman and every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it might bring forth more fruit. In other words, God wants more out of our lives. He wants more out of your life. He wants more out of my life. He wants more fruit, more fruit. He never is satisfied. We never get to a point where God says, okay, you've arrived and, and you're at, at this and, and you'll live right there the rest. No, God, God, God wants more fruit out of every one of our lives. Another, you remember the time that Jesus came to the fig tree. And he's expecting to find fruit on it. Had none. All it had was pretty leaves. What it was designed for, it was not doing. What it, what, what it was made for, what it was the purpose for that fig tree was not being fulfilled. And all Jesus found on that fig tree was just a tree full of leaves. And he cursed the fig tree and it withered away. God wants fruit out of our lives. Another, another sign of, of neglect in our lives is just simple, no growth, no spiritual growth, stuck in the rut Christianity. There are seasons of growth in all of our lives. There are summer seasons when it seems like you, you can sense that you're growing, but then there are winter seasons in our lives. And we wonder, we wonder at times, Lord, is... Am I, ever am I ever going to grow? Am I ever going to get around this? Am I ever going to get through this? And the Bible does tell us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even in the winter seasons, there's going to be growth in all of our lives. Let me tell you another sign of neglect is the Christian that used to. I used to sing in the choir. I used to teach. I used to preach. That's a sign of someone that has just gotten to a point in their lives where they begin neglecting a gift that God has placed in their lives. Do you, what do you do for the Well, I used to. You see, used to is not good enough. What are you doing for Jesus now? What, how are you living for Jesus now? That's what matters. Uh, John, John cautioned us that we lose not the things which we have wrought, the things which we've done. Be sure you don't lose them out in, out in the future of your life because you just neglected the things that God has given in your life. What happened? What happened to used to Christians? There are some legitimate. I'm talking about legitimate reasons. But there's a whole world full of illegitimate excuses. People that just use an excuse. And let me say this. When you start using excuses. The devil's got a bucket full of them. That he'll pour into your life. 
And it would become easier and easier and easier to use just a, an excuse. That's a sign of neglected gifts. The steps to neglect, neglecting the Word, the Word of God. When's the last time you just sat with it and let it work in your heart as you read through it? Let it speak to you. Let it mold and shape your mind and your thoughts and your ways. Neglecting the word. Neglecting prayer. That prayer time is so important in every child of God's life. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that time that you spend just meditating to the Lord. Or just a little uh, pop wizard type of prayer. I'm talking about praying. Neglecting the Bible, neglecting the Word of God, neglecting prayer. Also neglecting fellowship. Fellowship is so important in all of our lives. We're going to have some fellowship over there tonight. And if we're guilty of just neglecting and not fellowshipping with the children of God, we'll lose an important edge that those who do fellowship have. And it's called exhortation. We're to exhort one another. Under good works, we're to exhort one. And when we neglect fellowship one with another, we're neglecting that, 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 that motivation to go on and to grow and become better for Jesus. But here's where I want to land tonight. This sobering thought about this gift. The neglect of this gift. Look back in verse number 14. And it reads like this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. He's not just talking about the gift of salvation. He's talking about a specialized gift that was given to Timothy that nobody else had. It was Timothy's designed gift by God given to him. And it wasn't the presbytery that gave it to him. It was God that gave it to him. And he said, neglect not that gift, that specialized, that one gift that God has given you. He said, you be certain not to neglect that gift. Every child of God is gifted by God with salvation. And we certainly should not neglect that gift. But the gift he's speaking about here is a gift that was given to Timothy for a, a specific reason, a specialized reason. And I believe this with all of my heart that God gifts every one of His children for a reason. There's something that God has designed for your life that is that no one else can fulfill, that no one else can step into your shoes and, and get it done the way you can. We've all been gifted the specialized gifts and, and that is the gift that God is speaking about in this passage. And he's warning Timothy. He said, Timothy, be sure you don't neglect that gift. Every child of God is gifted in some manner, some area to glorify God and accomplish the will of God in the body of Christ. It's a specialized gift. It's designed just for you. I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know what it may be that God has gifted you with, but God expects you to pay attention to it.
The Bible says to stir up the gift which is in us. I have to ask God to be sure to stir up the gift of preaching because the preaching, the gift of preaching will just lay there at times and, and things happen and it, it, gets, it gets overridden and it gets smothered and it gets poured upon other things, other events that happen in my life. And I have to say, God, stir up that gift of preaching in me again. Let me preach again. He says, stir up the gift. It's a specialized gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's designed to be used to benefit others. Others will benefit from the gift God's given you. And it's the Savior's gift. It's delegated to be used. Not just to have. Not just to say, well, at one time in my life, God really used me. But to use it. It's there for a reason. It's delegated to be used. I read a, I got an email. I get several e emails from different sources. And I, some of y'all know I love to smoke meat. I love to, I did a brisket right before uh, Christmas. And man, that thing turned out good. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. And I get emails from all different kinds of sources about barbecuing and and, of course, they're trying to sell me a grill. They're trying to sell me special pellets, you know, that'll make my smoked meat even better and things like that. But I got, and it was, it was one of the most unusual things. I'd been working on this message, and I said, God, I, I need something to try to draw this home, to try to draw this into perspective for us. And this email popped up, and I read it, and, and it had nothing to do with barbecue had nothing to do with techniques or anything like this. And this was the story that was in that email. He told a real life story about somebody he knew, this author of this email. And he was writing about a young boy who grew up in a low-income neighborhood. And his family was very, very, very poor. Went on to say that when this boy became a teenager. His family was so poor that he had, to, he had to work on his own and he had to work to pay for his own clothing and his own school supplies. His parents weren't even able to supp supply that for him. So he had to work and do whatever he could. Instead of, instead of selling drugs like a lot of other young kids did in his particular neighborhood, said that this boy decided he was going to open him a hot dog stand. And he did. This boy opened a hot dog stand as a, as a teenage boy and just started selling a few hot dogs off that stand and made a little money, would be able to buy more hot dogs and would cook them and sell them off of that stand. And, and the business began to grow a little bit. It began to prosper a little bit. And the little teenage boy was making enough money to buy him some clothes, to buy uh, some supplies for himself, not only for him, but for his brothers and sisters. That's also lived in the household. Well, somebody one day came by that stand and got a hot dog from him and noticed that he didn't have a food permit. And they turned him in uh, to the authorities. And they turned him into the health department and was going to 
with the purpose of trying to shut him down. They were just being mean and just being, you know, vicious with the way that they were acting. And so the, the young boy found out that he'd been turned into the health department. He thought, he thought I'm not going to have any way to buy my, my, my supplies. I'm not going to have any way to buy my clothes. And he feared and he was scared to death where the health officials did come. They came to the stand and they, they looked at it and they talked to him about he wasn't allowed to have and operate that stand there without a health permit, a, a permit to, to have the food and inspections, regular inspections. And instead of shutting the boy's stand down, these health officials, he, the boy began crying and he began telling the, the men that were standing around him said, well, the only reason I'm doing this is because mom and dad's not able to supply my clothing and I'm not able to, they're not able to supply my, my school supplies and I, I run this hot dog stand to make money for me and my sisters and brothers so that we can have clothes and school supplies. It touched the heart of those men that were standing there that day. And instead of shutting his stand down, they told him what he needed to do to bring his stand up to standards. And they pulled money out of their own pocket and they paid for the, the permit to where he could get him a, a food service permit there for his stand. And instead of, instead of being mean to that boy, they did what they could to be a blessing to that boy. That boy... Uh, did what they told him to do. He brought his stand up to codes and he had that little permit there on the hot dog stand, his permit to sell food. And his little hot dog stand began really prospering. And boy, everybody that walked those streets would come by that stand and buy a hot dog from that little boy, that little teenage boy. The boy grew on up and in his early years, he started his own restaurant started his own restaurant there in New York City and it became very prosperous. And God began blessing it and God began helping the young man run a successful restaurant. The story went on to say that this man who, writing, who was writing the email, like I said personally, and, and it's, the restaurant's still going today. It said he was going by the, the restaurant just to uh, service some food items for the man. And, and this young man began telling him about this story. And this is what he said. He said, I'll never forget the gift that those men gave me when they told me what I needed to do instead of shutting me down. And he said, I realize I wouldn't even be here today had it not been for the gift that they gave me. I think about my own life. I think about the gift that God's given me. The gifts that God's given me. I don't want to be guilty of neglecting them in my life. I want to, be, I want to, I want to do everything I can to stir that gift up that God has blessed me with. Because I realize this, I would not be here today had it not been for the gift that God has given me.
that God has put in my life to use for His glory and for His honor. Ron, I still remember the day He called me. I was on the, I was on the very bottom of my spiritual walk with Christ. And I didn't know whether God would ever use me again or not. And I was telling somebody the other day, I was telling them, I said, God's given me the second chance in life that I, I long for. And you are my second chance. And I don't want to neglect the gift that God's given me. I want to stir it up and I'm going to be on it. I'm going to be transparent tonight. The spirit of Antichrist has tried to make me just sit back and take it easy and coast my way through till Jesus comes. I just can't do that. I just cannot do that. I, I've, got to, I've got to live it out for Him. I've got to live it to the fullest. I can't just coast my way through. I can't just say, well, you know, He's about to come and we're living in the last days. And, you know, not many people doing this. Not, I can't live like that. I've got to live with the gift of God that He's given me. Neglect not the gift that's in you. God sent me by tonight just to preach this simple message to our hearts, to encourage us that God's still got great things He wants to do with the church. He's still got many things He's wanting to accomplish through the work here at Merville. And God's wanting to use us. God's wanting to use your life. You are, you're needful. I get a, a text every once in a while from uh, Brother Larry. What's that preacher's, Larry Wells? He's got a son, Andy Wells, who's also a preacher. But Brother Larry Wells is 78 years old, if I remember right, and still preached the paint off the walls. And uh, I uh, get a text from him along and along. And they say, Brother Dale, I had the pleasure to pray for you and yours today. And then it would give me a little short devotion. And at the end of every text, this is what he'll say. He'll say, stay faithful. You are greatly needed. Stay faithful. You are greatly needed. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to sit back and take it easy. It's time to stir up the gift that God has placed on the inside of every one of us. And be certain, be certain. Hey, Timothy, Timothy, listen to me. Be certain. Don't you neglect that gift that God's put in you. You be certain to use it for His glory and for His honor as we stand tonight, sis, you come. You could do that song that you sang for a special again, if you will. I honestly, when, when we were going into this New year, I made the mention when I began first announcing of what we would do Christmas Day, what we would do New Year's Day. I honestly thought, well, 
you know how we did at Christmas. We, we had morning service only, no Sunday school, no night service. And I thought, well, we'll just follow through and, and do the same thing for New Year's. But then God spoke to my heart and he said, why are you doing that for New Year's? Why are you just doing just Sunday morning for New Year's? Why? And I thought, well, Lord, I don't have to preach but one time. And uh, he said, why? I thought, well, it just really don't make a lot of sense, does it? I said, okay, Lord. So I started announcing, well, we're going to have Sunday school. We're going to have morning service. We're going to have night service. We're going to have fellowship afterwards. Seemed like a lot to do on the first day of the new year. That's a good way to start the new year. It'd be a good way to end the new year too. Wide open. Wide open. Why why bother holding back? Why bother waiting to the next service? Why bother waiting to the next month or the next season? Why not just start her out wide open for Jesus? Heads are bowed and eyes closed. Could we find ourselves around the altars tonight? Saying, God, help me. I don't know if you're feeling the same spirit that I'm feeling in this last day's age that we're living. There's that, there's that spirit that's saying, well, just put it off. No need in just going all out. Just put it off. Your teacher, be the best. Be the best. Be, be the best. Stir it up. If you're a preacher, be the best. Be the best. Stir it up. If you're a song leader, stir it up. So God, stir it up in me, God. God, let me live it to the fullest for you.
I'm glad he still speaks to me.